Hey! Hey, hey, hey! Push to shout! Back again. Skippy's been out there. Tokyo drifting all over the tracks of the US of A. That's right. Um, barreling down Route 66 with a busty blonde in his red Porsche. I basically just lived a Don Henley song all weekend. Yeah, so that must have been cool. It was cool. I was racing. Um, that's why I missed the last podcast. You kind of have to leave on a... So it's in Virginia. I'm in Alabama. I have to leave on a Thursday and travel all day Thursday so that we can have a full day of testing Friday. And then the racing is Saturday and Sunday. So I had two races, spec Miatas, two regions, like the north and the south kind of come together there. They have one race, and it's kind of cool. So there were like 73 cars in one race, which is a lot. Um, and I placed I placed 13th in Whoa. Saturday's race out of 73. Whoa. So I'm pretty happy with the that. Competition. Yeah, uh, it was fucking heavy competition, let me tell you. Uh, I can't tell if you're joking. No, I'm not joking because okay. it's two okay. regions. It's like it's so you've got two regions. So you've got the best of well, not necessarily the best, but a lot of good people from your own region, and then a lot of people that nobody even knows names they've never heard of. Because like you kind of get to know the other racers, the other regulars, and know how they drive and whether they're fast or not, and that kind of thing. And then the, uh, a whole bunch of new guys come in, and you don't know what to expect. And like when you're out there on track, a, a major part of racing that I didn't realize was a part of racing is that you have to. Trust. You have to learn who you can trust, kind of, because you're racing who so you close. Can trust. To them. Oh, yeah, like because, drivers in, in the race. Yeah, like you have to trust them. But you've been like some backroom shit, like <laughs> no, intrigue you, and <laughs> Game of Thrones. Style. There might be some of that, but you, okay. no, you have to know who can race competently enough and safely enough that that you feel comfortably comfortable being two inches behind their bumper around a corner, um, and and that takes some time to develop and figure out, you know, okay, who do I want to race with? Who do I want to kind of stay around on the track? Who, who can I feel safe around? Um, and when you bring in a whole other region into the mix, it completely uh, mixes everything up. Suddenly there's a bunch of cars out there you've never seen before. So it's interesting. It's cool. Um, there's actually, I, so the Sunday's race, I didn't finish as well placement wise. I was like 18th, I think, but I had an amazing finish where, let me let me explain it. I'm I'm going to try to find the video of it, and I might make a a quick video just showing it. But um, okay. So I spent the whole race running away from a pack of like six cars, and the thing is, like when you're in the front, you have a huge disadvantage because you don't have any draft, and the draft does make a big difference, especially on. I was at Virginia International Raceway, if that matters to anyone. Um, and there's a long back straight, and it's mostly uphill, and you get up to like 120 something miles per hour at the end of the straight, which means the the wind will be a huge factor in slowing you down. So if you have a draft, it's significant. Um, and when you're out the front, you, nobody's going to, nobody's going to help you. There's nothing you can do. You're going to get blown by, by people who do have drafts and they, they chain up like two or three cars bumping each other for extra speed and they'll just train by you. Um, and so I'm running from these guys the whole fucking race uh, it's it's really hard to be in the front because you're racing like in your mirrors. You're like, where is that guy? Where is that guy? Is he coming? Is he making a move on me? Um, so it's very stressful. And I get to the last lap and I fuck up. I, I <sighs> I'm going around the last corner. My tires are hot. It's slippery out there, and I have to saw the wheel a little bit through the corner. And I, I I botch it, and um, I don't lose a ton of time, but I lose a couple positions, and I make the first position back just fine. But the guy in front of me, he's made some distance, and I'm thinking I gotta get him. It's the last lap. I've got three and a half miles to get this guy, and uh, and we come and we go around the whole track. And at this point, I've kind of given up. But then I notice we're in the last section of turns, and there's the last turn is a really not a super tight turn, but it goes downhill and it turns and it kind of opens up where you you kind of you're on the throttle all the way through the exit of the turn and um i noticed that we're catching up on traffic on lappers people that are way slower than us and it's gonna he's gonna hit it right in the corner which is terrible it fucks you up really badly and so he hits the traffic and now i'm right on his bumper and i've got a running start on him because he didn't he wasn't able to get on the throttle quick enough and so i pull out beside him and i've got speed on him and we're on the front straight going to the finish line and I'm like I my nose is 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 level with his door and I'm gaining on him and uh and then I notice the car behind him has given him a bump has given him a bump draft 
and suddenly I'm not gaining on him anymore. He's running away from me. And at that point, I think, well, fuck, I've lost the race now. A race against this guy, um, which feels like it's for first place at this point because it's like all I care about is like I got to beat the guy next to me. And then I feel someone bump me from behind, and there's another guy who's just chosen to bump me instead. And we're getting bump drafted up the front straight, and we cross the finish line literally millimeters from each other's noses. It was like a photo finish. I had no idea who won until I checked the results at the end. It was so much fun, and it was a guy I didn't know. He was he was a, he was from the other region. I'd never seen him before. It was. It was really cool. Um, I, I, I love racing. It's so much fun uh, nice. when you have stuff like that happen. Because it feels like it's for first place. Like, I'm sitting there just pumped up. I, you, it's hard to get an adrenaline rush like that. Like, it's it was crazy. And you beat that guy? I beat him. I beat him. Nice. By millimeters. All right. Cool. Well, so that's my congratulations, story. Congratulations, <laughs> Mr. Earnhardt Jr. Yeah. Jr. I, do, I am called Jr. I've got the same name as my dad. And Amazing. it was getting confusing when people would call us by our names. So now I put Junior on the car, and everyone calls me Junior. So it's an official racing title. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I haven't been doing exciting racing shit. I've been doing finals. Oh. Because this is the last day I'm going to be in this place. I'm springing free into the real world. You're a man now. Got to... I, yeah, for sure. I have a job interview next Wednesday. What are you going to do? I'm gearing up. I don't know. What burgers? I mean, I know what this is, but, you know, <laughs> there's lots of... Burger flipping is my chosen yeah. job, I will admit that. The podcast so, is yeah. job of choice. Yeah, it, it's a good fit, I thought. Mm-hmm. And the, the pension's good. So I have been wasting my time, though. My off minutes in Overwatch. Is that a waste? Is that a waste of time? Well, relative to what I probably oh, should sure, be doing but I right mean, now, but yeah. I mean, as a video game, is it a waste of time no, to be playing it? No. Okay. And we can talk about that. That's, I imagine... Did you play any? I didn't get a chance to play a single minute oh. of it, because I was racing all okay. weekend. So then I may as well just talk about yeah. it now. Um, so, Overwatch was in beta this past weekend. And I was going in kind of expecting like a... Mobified TF2 clone done very well by Blizzard, and it would just be a, a good. Game. At first, I thought and it was a MOBA, but when I saw the footage from it for the first time, I realized it wasn't a MOBA at all. It's it's Team Fortress Two. Yeah, it's certainly no Battleborn. <laughs> Battleborn yeah. actually has those creeps that are. What is the point of having those in a shooter? Or Battleborn uh, uh, coming out at the same time and clearly yeah. objectively losing the battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, and it deserves to. Yeah. God. But Overwatch is actually a fun multiplayer Seems game. Seems like it. It's the most fun I've had with a PC multiplayer game in a long time. Mm. Okay. Um, it's like, for me, it's been this CSGO and TF2 at the times that I was interested in those right. games. Those were probably the biggest things. Um, and I don't know, man. I don't know if this is going to be the new thing, but at least that beta was so just compelling in a way that reminded me of what it was like to play Team Fortress 2 at the very beginning, where it's like, oh, we're all on, let's just play some Overwatch. And there's always new stuff to figure out, like, okay, this combination of classes is not as good as this other combination, and oh, they've got this, so may- one of us needs to go this. And there's a lot of, um, I don't know if it's super deep, but it it manages to feel well, that maybe way sometimes. Deep, because like when you look at Team yeah. Fortress 2 in retrospect, I think of it as a very simple game. It's got nine classes, and, and vanilla TF2. Nine classes, all with the same weapons, no loadouts or any of that crap. Um, and since then, they've come up with more and more weapons and whatnot. But, in, but you know, we've gotten used to these games coming out where you're choosing every aspect of your loadout and your character and your abilities and your traits and all that stuff and it feels complicated but it isn't actually complicated because it makes very very subtle changes that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things um but in these kinds of games where you're choosing classes that have roles even though it's a simple concept the the depth of it is a lot deeper than than the face value of it because you're you're having to figure out where those classes fit into the puzzle of the game kind of yeah overall that seemed true and part of the fun about this is that everybody else i was playing it with was also totally new to it so we were figuring out what was working what wasn't working um what we thought we were good at at first 
and what we actually wound up being good mm-hmm. at. Like I, I started as Tracer, who's the really annoying British girl mm-hmm. who's like the main mascot, and she like zips around. And Scout was always my favorite class in TF2. Yeah, she, I was seemed, she seemed very much like a scout. I was a great scout in that game. And I was like, Tracer is going to be the one. The blink is so fun and fast, and there's so much depth to this. But I just got fed up with how little health she had. So I stopped going her every game. I was like, okay, what else looks interesting? And I just picked one. And it's like, oh, this one's really fun, too. Yeah. TF2 really wasn't that way for me. Like, I started um, Spy and Soldier, and I like things about them. But I go Engineer, and there just wasn't anything that interested me there. Here... All of the classes seem to interest me just a little bit immediately. Um, That's cool. In Team Fortress 2, I, I, I couldn't... Uh, there were some classes that I avoided because I didn't like the whole idea behind them. Like Sniper, I don't like being the sniper. Yeah. I, I don't like being the spy. I don't like being... Oh, the spy was so fun. Yeah, and, and so I, my, my class of choice was always the heavy. I loved being the heavy and getting the <laughs> medic and just fucking shit up. But um, it, I, one thing that I've seen in the... Overwatch, for for whatever reason, it's caught on on the internet and in general. I think with like people I, are just I wasn't high expecting. On it. I had very little interest in this. When I, I remember first that saw first it, trailer, it was pretty cool. Not the not the CGI trailer, but the gameplay. Oh yeah, yeah. well the first CGI trailer yeah, was, I saw, and it's like this looks just stupid. It was bad. It's like League of Legends or something. Yeah, and uh, I didn't really watch much of the gameplay stuff. But the free beta, it was a brilliant marketing move, obviously. Destiny did it. Everyone's doing it now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but when when when, the, when what they're showing you is so polished, yeah. it's just really, well, that's really just, impressive. I mean, that speaks to it Blizzard. It feels like it's just a finished game. Yeah, that, that speaks to Blizzard being good at making games, you know, at polishing up yeah. their stuff. It, it is a Valve level of polish from yeah. one experience. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, like just the menus and everything are just so snappy, and the connections are fast, and there was rarely ever any lag, and it was all just very well done. Yeah, from the sidelines because I didn't get to experience any of it, it it does seem like it has that impact that, for example, Team Fortress Two had of like you've got these personalities of like you like there's. The kind of player who plays May, or the kind yeah. of player who plays the edgy guy with the dual pistols and that God, kind of shit. That, like that character is such a brilliant addition. Yeah. Like he is the edgiest character <laughs> there ever was, and the game knows it. He is Shadow the Hedgehog plus Jeffrey Dahmer and the guy from Hatred. Like <laughs> he looks really edgy. so fucking funny. Every time he triggers his ultimate. When he triggers his ultimate, he takes his two shotguns, spins around, and goes, Die! 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 <laughs> it's just... The game is has those catchy things, because everybody... This is a little game design thing I noticed. Is the ultimates, even if you set like the sound effects volumes lower, um, this will always be audible, because it's important to the gameplay. Every character's ultimate sounds prominent and clear and is always the same so you can just by listening figure out okay their pharah is using her ultimate right now and you don't have to be looking at it to notice yeah that's just one little thing that uh i it must have been difficult because in mobas you can just look at some other place on the map or move the camera around and, and mobas are still landscape. chaotic enough for me when i yeah. look at them that uh, they don't at least Dota, I, I don't know, maybe League of Legends is better about this, but figuring out what's happening on the screen is very difficult for me from a someone who doesn't know it intimately. Um, yeah, Overwatch is very uncluttered. Yeah. It, it uses audio cues like that, and as a result, because they repeat the same audio cues, they just become catchy. Yeah. So the, the cowboy character, whenever he activates his ultimate, he always goes, it's high noon, and you'll just start hearing it afterwards, and you won't be able to get it out. <laughs> and it's it's got that that something, you know, yeah. that episode of the uh, the Sopranos where the uh, old Jewish guy Hesh is talking to um, to uh, Tony's nephew about what makes a hit. And he's like, <laughs> I don't you know, a, a hit is a hit, and that, my friend, is not a hit. Well, <laughs> this is a hit. This has got that right. special something. 
that special catchy wow factor, you know, that, uh, it, it that seems like it's taken, it's taken days. some tips. Um, I want to say from TF2 because I, that's such the, that's the obvious comparison because of the game types and the way that the classes work and everything. Um, but like, I, I feel like it's stolen a lot from TF2, but I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, it, it's done a really good job of kind of figuring out what works about that game and making it their own. Because Team Fortress 2, one of the cool things about Valve games that we've talked about before is that they have those commentary modes where you can kind of yeah. walk around levels and, and, and listen to the commentary. And they also Valve has also done some presentations that are pretty interesting that you can find on YouTube about the, the design of Team Fortress 2 and how they make it, how they give it that it factor of like, they they spend so much time making everything distinct and memorable yes. and and it, it just has an effect on you a subconscious one where like they design each character so that you can see from whatever angle you're looking at them just from their silhouette you know instantly yeah. what character they and, are and this time not even just as a subtle recognition thing one of the characters their ability is to let their entire team see the other players mm-hmm. through walls but all you can see is their silhouette. But you can tell what all of them are. Sure. And that's even more impressive in a game with about twice as many characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it looks pretty cool to me. I, I, I was I was pretty high on that game just from looking at the footage from, from the beginning. I remember mentioning it on the podcast where like I think I was specifically impressed with like the animations and everything of just like the way the characters moved and looked like they were fun. Like you want to dive in and try it out. Like I I was, I fell in love with the guy who I think he's a robot. He hovers and he controls little spheres. And, and it showed like, I I saw him from a third person perspective from somewhere in some footage. And then it switches to him from a first person person perspective. And he's, he's controlling these spheres and his hands are going around and it looks like, Oh my God, I want to see how that is to control. I want to see what that's like. They all feel really good. Yeah, I'd say except for maybe Bastion, whose play is just to. Stand <laughs> I heard everyone and shoot hates Bastion. That's what I've gathered from Twitter. People don't like Bastion, um, but really, even though memes will be what they are, there is no one character that needs to be balanced for the game to work. It's people all seem to really well hate May. I don't understand why. Okay. She, that they're probably just exaggerating. I mean, maybe if the other team is super coordinated, because what she's really good at, she's not that great in single combat. But if she has a team with her, she can just kind of run around and spray her ice at you mm-hmm. and cover your whole team, and eventually you'll just be frozen while the rest of her team can finish you off. So it re- may's reward coordination. And so yeah. I guess if people were really working together, then they could just tear people up with May. But there's really no dominant character or even a weak seeming character there aren't any characters that i feel like need to be nerfed or buffed particularly cool maybe bastion but i mean everybody has tools that have a lot of specialized and general uses like tracer the one who warps around her ultimate is to throw out this extremely damaging grenade and then her E ability, everybody only has like two abilities, two things they can do, and one weapon most of the time. It's very simple. Um, so she can warp around, drop the bomb, and then reverse time to when she was outside there. Right. Kind of like st- stealth bomb an area. And so even though she gets killed in a couple hits, she can go in and turn the entire game around just with one move. But it has to be quick. And it's just, it rewards different styles of play. It's very well considered overall as a multiplayer yeah. game. It seems like Overwatch is going to be a hit. I, the one complaint I have about it, as like this is just marketing-wise, um, they play it a little too straight. They play it a little too serious. Yeah. Uh, especially with the videos. The CGI... The cinematic so, trailers for it are... The, they, they make the me first one. The first one was like, eh... Are you um, with us? Yeah, whatever, it was, uh... whatever, it had a tone to it that was kind of silly, but whatever. Um, But I saw another one where the sniper lady, the purple sniper lady, was assassinating someone, and Tracer was trying to stop her, and it was so serious and so weird, and it just didn't have the kind of tone you would expect from this kind of game. It kind of felt like an imitation of the Meet the Team videos. Well, sort of, but like with the a thing about the meet the team, yeah, the meet the team videos are like 
super goofy and and full of personality, and this just feels like like it feels like it's almost trying to parody something, but I'm not sure what. It, it's really really bizarre. Uh, and there's a couple videos like that where it's like this seems to be they're they're just playing it real straight, and it's weird. Uh, maybe they'll change their tone on that. Yeah, but it, just, a- it doesn't fit to me with the characters of the game. The one thing TF2 clearly did a lot better. And this shouldn't be that important in a multiplayer game like this, but it really is. Is the like world building or mm-hmm. like the identification with the characters? Yeah. Um, the characters are all interesting and fun to play as, but okay, just a little thing that I noticed in TF2, you're always on the red or the blue team, right. and everybody sees you as if you're red, then the enemy sees you as red, yeah. and you start on the red side of the map. And there's special logos just for the red team, and there's a red briefcase and a red control point, and it's all, you know, identified that way. In Overwatch, your team is always blue to you, and the enemy is always red, mm. and so it's very useful, I guess. But you know, it lacks that that something. It I piece together from these cinematic trailers that it's some kind of like Avengers thing that they're all yeah. heroes or something. But but who's the bad that, guys? Who are the good guys? It all guys? feels stupid and yeah. it should be um, stupid in a way. But well, it feels TF2, stupid, but it's not like it's not trying to be stupid. It feels right. unintentionally stupid when TF2 feels intentionally stupid. I mean, TF2 doesn't make any sense. You've got red team and blue yeah, team. Yeah, cuz you don't and, need that. Yeah. You don't need that for a shooting game. Um, but but they still have fantastic writing and everything, but it's just purely comedic and goofy. And with Overwatch, it's like it's like they are trying to build some kind of world there. And 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 they're playing it too serious, and I hope that they lighten it up because it, it, it needs to not be that. It needs to be it doesn't make any sense and it needs they need to to play off of that rather than trying to make it like, yeah, Avengers or whatever. Um but well, whatever. I mean, that's that's it's the gameplay the game, that matters. But yeah, the game doesn't have much stuff like that. They don't even reference any of that in the game, sure. which is nice. Uh, and one thing I noticed: this may have just been an open beta thing, but I, I, it looks like this will be true of the main game, at least for the near term. There is no way to convert real world money into in-game currency. We'll see. We'll see. But at least in this open beta. <laughs> I mean, do that. just from the, I was looking, well, this will bring us to another topic, but um, I was looking at the site to see what it was costed, yeah. and uh, it instantly shows you a fifty nine ninety nine price. Yeah, the Origins Edition. The Origins Edition, which comes with skins, and so if they're doing that, you have to assume that there will be more skins and stuff to come, cosmetic, I'm sure they'll keep it cosmetic, but like. That that that's inevitable, I think. Sure, um, sure. It, it okay. This is the tough thing. TF two could, I think, support an alternate weapon set for its characters. One alternate set. One, yeah. When you could keep it, it all in away. your head, because you knew, like, okay, that medic either has the regular healer or the crit screak, right. and I know what it is from the particle effects right. and. And once you can keep those example. simple yeah. alternates in mind, I think one alternative weapon set can be good. What TF2 did is introduce eight different weapons for a single slot for a single character yeah. that'll just do slightly different things to the point where it's this indecipherable gradient. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. If they just if they don't add new weapons, that's fine. Um, but I think they have room to, so long as they them carefully it seems to me it's more likely that they'll add classes rather than characters i mean rather than weapons. yeah that that seems true because that's what all mobas do yeah and that's yeah. what blizzard has done with its heroes of the storm which nobody yeah. really plays and hearthstone whatever i'm sure they always add stuff this game has room for that though in tf2 talk of another class that would be seems kind of crazy yeah yeah it seems sacrilegious in a way but in Overwatch, like a new character is is just a new character, and they could do an update that has a new character for each of the different roles on the team because mm-hmm. they have them divided up into sections on the character select screen. Like these right. are attack, these are defend, and obviously they're a little more versatile than that. But for the most part, those are the roles, and they could add I don't know six characters in one update, and it wouldn't really change the balance of the game. There's already so many that character counterpicking is a real part of the game. Yeah. That you'll start it up and you'll see, okay, they have a Reinhardt 
and a, I don't know, a junk rat. And they're just tearing through us on this payload by camping it. And what can we do? Well, I well, guess one of us should go bastion and sit up on the tower and break the shield. Those are things that crop up in the game. And those counter picks keep the matches more interesting as they go along. It's not really, I start as the scout and I'm going to end the game as the scout. Right. Yeah, Team Fortress 2 doesn't have that, yeah, the 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 paper, rock, scissors kind of element to it, really. Which um, it doesn't need. No, it's a different, that's, that's the biggest difference, it seems, is like, uh, Overwatch is, uh, differentiates itself in that the, the roles that the characters fall into are much more specialized than they were in Team Fortress 2, because everyone can yeah. kind of do anything in Team Fortress 2. Um, and again, this is at a totally beginner's level with very like scant uh, yeah. coordination on our team. I think the most we ever had was like five of us and we were just fucking around on the mumble. I'm sure like a coordinated team would play different. Yeah, I wonder if they'll try to have I wonder if they'll try to esports it. It doesn't seem like they are. There's but... nothing in the game that seems yeah. like they're trying to force it yet. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it doesn't need to be esports. Team Fortress two never caught on as an esports. No, because it, it, it couldn't have. Right. And this game I don't know. I would just be surprised if it caught on in that way. Yeah. I think it'll just be a very popular game to play. Yeah, I'm just interested to see if they try to push in that direction, but it doesn't seem like it's so far. I, I, another interesting thing I'll, 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 I'll keep an eye on is is when it ta- does come time for that update, do you pay for cl- new classes, or do you just pay for his cosmetics, or what? Like, I'll be interested to see if uh, if the classes come free, or if they do, like, the, what is it? League of Legends makes you pay for classes. Um but we'll see. Uh, I, I I was surprised at the cost of the game. Uh, it is sixty dollars if you want it on a console. It's forty dollars if you want it on PC. The base base game, um, yeah. which forty dollars is all right. Sixty dollars is outrageous, I think. Um, and I would expect it to be more like thirty. But whatever. Um, well, it seems like it might be worth it at least. I don't think it's outrageous. Sixty for the game that it is. I wouldn't pay 60 This is sort of the point I'm making. Is that for games like this, where so much of it depends on your friends playing it with you, if you don't have that, you shouldn't even play the game, really. I think. Yeah. I mean, that's where most of the fun is. Uh, and, you you know, they don't want to charge 60 to PC. I think they could, but it just would get fewer people to play it yeah because i have really haven't had this much fun with a multiplayer game in a while and people pay 60 dollars for battlefield 4 and for all kinds of garbage like, yeah but that stuff i mean that stuff at least when you look at it content wise like oh well at least it comes with a single player campaign maybe you don't care about the single player campaign it seems like most people don't but that feeling of value is there where in this it's like i'm playing 60 dollars for a multiplayer only game that still hasn't that still hasn't worked for me. Um, Siege Rainbow Six Siege was too much for sixty dollars. Yeah, you know, um, I just I, there hasn't been any. And you, you're right because I wasn't willing to pay sixty for it, so I didn't. Yeah, I was okay paying forty for it. Yeah, exactly. I paid forty for it. So, um, or maybe it was thirty, but I don't, whatever. It, it, it was forty. It was more reasonable at that price because. Yeah, it just it, it is a thin game. Rainbow Six in particular is very thin. Um, not very many levels or anything, but um, but you know you'll get that time out of it because it is a multiplayer game. And if you do have friends who play it, then you can kind of guarantee like, okay, I'll I'll get my my money's worth out of this game. But and maybe it's the wrong way to think about it. But there's always that thing in my mind that says like, how much value am I actually getting for this? Like, how much is this game actually worth? Like on its face value um and for multiplayer only 60 dollars just always always leaves a bad taste in my mouth i i i can't see that as a problem multiplayer only or single player only games i really love them because it usually means that they have some focus to them sure sure so so yeah i mean that's that's the direction games are moving in and i'm glad because like nowadays there's actually not that many games that ship with both or at least both as a focus where it's like uncharted yeah, call is, of duty is a holdout but that's because both sort of yeah have appeal. but a lot most people still just play call of duty for the multiplayer a huge amount don't even bother with the single player at all um but like uncharted just shipped and it has a multiplayer mode and i've heard it's okay but nobody's going to be playing it like in the long term like it's just kind of a throwaway kind of thing or that's how it is in my mind 
um, because that's a single player game. That's what you're buying it for is a single player. And so I don't mind that games seem to be kind of moving in that direction where it does feel almost dated to like make a single player game and have the multiplayer attached where it's like, like Max Payne 3 had that where it's like, oh, this game has a multiplayer and it seems like, okay, they've put some work into this, but nobody, nobody plays it, you know? Um, so I do, I do like that. It's just, maybe it is wrong. Maybe it's wrong to think that way, but it, it, it it's a holdout from the old days, but it's just like, what the fuck? I, I don't, that's all I'm getting is these, is these six maps and 20 characters for $60. Um, seems absurd, but whatever. That's, that's me. That's me being ridiculous. Maybe, um, someone just said, someone just mentioned in chat to, to, to move on. So we don't spend an hour just talking about racing and overwatch. Um, did you, did you see the Battlefield 1 trailer? I did. Um, Man, dubstep back. Oh, my God. Back again. You missed it, but it's back. So. I was shocked that stuff. it was actually dubstep on a World War One trailer. Were you really shocked? Yes, though? I was, because I feel like we moved past that. I was that. not shocked. I thought we moved past it. Um, I wouldn't... I wouldn't to throw another recent trailer in the mix, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a Kanye track or something like that, which is what oh Assassin's Creed God. the movie did. Bad trailer. Um, but uh, but dubstep did surprise me. I gotta say, uh, <laughs> whatever. I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm glad that Battlefield's trying something new, and it seems like the audience at large is very glad that they're getting something new instead of uh, modern or postmodern. Postmodern's the wrong word. <laughs> Future shit. Um, which is what Call of Duty is is uh, doubling down on, it seems like. And my God, the backlash to Call of Duty, the newest one, is insane. I don't understand it. I think it's because of the bundling of the maybe that's what Maybe that's what sparked warfare. it. I, I don't know. But like people have I just... think that the majority of it now is people see the dislike bar and, and yeah, they'll just click bandwagoning. it. Bandwagoning, but... But goddamn, I've I just like I see I see my 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 normie friends on Facebook who Call of Duty is one of the only games on their radar, uh, and and they're like showing videos and stuff on Facebook of like uh, rip Call of Duty. Look at the Battlefield trailer. It's uh, Call of Duty is over, and it's like what the fuck is going on? It, 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 it's like suddenly people realize that Call of Duty is the same shit every year. Uh, but they're eight years too late because it's been that way forever. Um, yeah, and it's only because they've had the wool pulled over their eyes by the happen? World War One uh, reskin. Is it Battlefield being World War One that caused people to go, "Wait a minute, there could be something else other than this"? Uh, I think. Okay, this is my pessimistic guess: is that people popped on the Infinite Warfare, Avengers: Infinity War. Infinity Ward trailer. <laughs> and they, they popped it on there, and they started watching it. And they said, "Okay." And they yes. heard the bad Billy yes, Joel this cover. Is, this is all. This is all familiar. I like this. I know what this is. And then they saw space, and they said, "What?" Billy Idol, not Joel. Call of Duty in space. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and any regular person would say, "Call of Duty is ridiculous." <laughs> so. You know, space is ridiculous, Call of Duty is ridiculous, it's a nice little marriage. But there are people who watched that and said, That's ridiculous! They've just ruined Call of Duty! I don't understand. I never will. I, so, I, 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 I'm, I am going to say I, I do think it probably is the fact that Battlefield looks like it's trying something different. Uh, space is different? Hardly. Well, we've for, already been in the future, a, and now it's like, and now it's no, like, oh well, this the is the future, future plus space. The future is where Kevin Spacey has Elon Musk technology. Like, come on, you jump around with your jetpacks and everything. Is it though? The gameplay won't be. Of course not. <laughs> I'm not debating that. that. But people know that is like, it's right. like it's going to be the same thing still. Well, um, we've known that for years. Yeah, but now, but do the people who are it. now recently upset? I guess they, this is their their springboard into. Well, how Call of Duty is the same. So here's the thing. Here. Here's the thing that that sparked a memory in my head of. Uh, I remember the the response to. I think it was the Black Ops. I can't keep them straight. Three. No, that was the most recent one. Yeah, but I don't think it was that one. I don't remember which one it was because everything between Black Ops Two 
and including this modern one are um all a blur to me because they all look the fucking same from a from, from a disinterested perspective. Yeah, you sprint uh, and you shoot. But uh so there was one where it was still the future, but there were some people riding around on horses in the trailer. And I remember people freaking out that people were riding around on horses. Uh as if it was some like crazy innovative new thing and yeah. they were really excited to see what it meant for Call of Duty. And of course it didn't mean shit. Um but that's the kind you know of what? that's the kind of thing that like to a Call of Duty player is like, whoa, crazy new. And then and then when they get linked to Battlefield trailer that's World War One, they're like what the fuck? Like, I, I feel like that's got to be it. That's got to be the reaction of like, I didn't even realize that I could play this kind of game and it not be this modern future bullshit. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. First person shooters are so sticky. What do you mean sticky? Like, they're, they're like wages in that they don't change very fast. <laughs> they... <laughs> Okay, so we were on World War Two for years, years, years and years. My God, it was, it was much II. worse than this current, st- like, uh, future shit that we're in. It was longer. Well, and... There was the the World War Two, and then they moved it to modern, just being in Iraq mm-hmm. or Afghanistan, yeah, Middle shooting East, shooting people in turbans, and alternatively Russia. They were also sometimes part of that block. Um, so that was like a whole nother block of years and years and years. And then it was like this modern future, near future kind of thing. Yeah. The, the, yeah. It it's is not weird a very that fast like, changing industry. I don't know. It is kind of crazy because, um, there's no reason for it. <laughs> I don't feel like there is like, why does battlefield have to be in the future while call of duty is in the future and, and et cetera, et cetera. Like, why not try to? I mean, I guess that's what Battlefield One is doing. But why not try to d- differentiate yourself by being in a different era and trying something different that looks different that that you can totally say is like when someone looks at it at a glance, they can say, "Oh, that's that's your game, not this other game." I guess um, they want to avoid the Far Cry Primal approach, oh, where God. it's just a reskin. Yeah, um, and that's that's honestly that's gonna that's gonna be what Battlefield One is. Um, that's the secret is that all of the weapons that were practically prototypes in battlefield one, all the machine guns and stuff that are handheld that nobody was using in in world war one, uh, are going to be all over the place. And it's going to be still the battlefield, you know, and love. It's just, you're not going to get those red dot sites. Um, but I mean, that's big. Like I, like the thing I hate the most about all the battlefields since battlefield three is like this in particular bothers me. Maybe more than it should, but if you get in a vehicle, the first thing you hear is a beeping alarm that says that you're being locked onto, and then a missile comes out of nowhere and blows you up, and it's the most frustrating, stupid thing in the world, and I hate it. Uh, and so at least World War One definitely won't have that, <laughs> um, unless they try to shoehorn that in there somehow. But uh, no, I mean... It... The Red Baron has locked onto <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, maybe they'll have a Watch DLC out. where it's like time travelers or something. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know, but I whatever. At least they're at least they're being a little bit different. Uh I was actually thinking it was going to be the future. I thought they were gonna make a, a twenty one forty two style um battlefield game that reintroduced a lot of the stuff that was in like the walking mech tanks and the giant Titan warships. Um I'm kinda of surprised they didn't do that because that's kinda of what everyone expected them to do, I think. Uh but uh yeah, at least I, I actually it looks like they might have when, a Titan mode in Battlefield One because it has the giant Zeppelins, which I have to imagine are going to be a multiplayer thing. Um, but we'll see. When did the future become passe, Skippy? God, why did it always have to be near well, future it happened extremely or super quickly. distant future? Why can't you just be in the future? I mean, Call of Duty, you know, like the future with some laser guns. Yeah, that that kind of future. Well, it has to be near enough future, future yeah, that, that you don't have to be so creative with your guns and stuff. They can still just be guns that go pow pow. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Whatever happened to lasers? Um, Let's make the future great again. Yes. Um, I don't. I, video games. I think Call of Duty is officially on the rapid decline now. Um, and that's not just yeah. basing it off of YouTube dislikes. I mean, I think in general, the mainstream is going to be 
turned off. Um, the sheeple have woken up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they've been red pilled. That's what you meant to say. Yeah, they've been pilled. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, what else is there to talk about? Um, what have I been playing? Mm-hmm. Played a little more Dark Souls three, but it, I, I've got nothing to say. I played a lot more Dark Souls three. Really. Yeah, I played a lot of PvP. A whole lot, a lot of PvP. And I got some updates, y'all. Okay. Okay, so the washing pole is the most ridiculous weapon in the entire game. That's a really, really long katana, right? It, yeah, if you remember how terrible Beth felt when we were PvPing, yes. the katana, the chaos blade, yeah. it's way, way worse. Like, I can't even tell you how much worse. <laughs> It is. I feel disgusting when I use it, so I don't use it most of the time unless other people use it. Um, and it is just it absolutely annihilates everyone. I have not found a single credible counter to it. The only thing you can do is fish for parries, but parries are really easy to bait out, and you can kick people and kill them. And it's just ridiculous. So the washing pole, big bugaboo. For Dark Souls 3 PvP people. I don't know if I'm going to be playing any more Dark Souls 3, really, until there's, like, a DLC or something. I mean, Ooh, I'm gonna play I just the urge when I, I... I have the racing weekend, I think, to blame for this, because I was playing it up until that then, and then I completely lost the urge. When I came back, I didn't even want to touch Dark Souls. Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird, because I was playing it for, like, every day. Um, since it came out. But, uh... I don't know. I just kind of feel like I've seen everything there's to see in that game, you know? So, like, yeah. what else is there to do other than PvP? And I'm, I'm not that interested in the PvP aspect of it. Um, so, whatever. I, Dark Souls 3, still a good game. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really looking forward to the DLC for that, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. I know it's going to be great, you know? And I need to go back and finish the Old Hunters DLC for Bloodborne. Yeah. Because I had a little bit more of it spoiled for me. And uh, now it is too interesting. I mean, I heard it was really good. I'm surprised it. you didn't finish it. I I was on New Game Plus Plus Plus. <laughs> and oh, yeah, you were playing first, super hard mode, yeah. The first boss had so yeah. much health that I... I bet, butted my head up against it for a night, and then I didn't go back to it right. because I unhooked my PS4 and never really played much <laughs> yeah. more of it. That happens. Um, yeah. uh, that kind of happens. Well, it didn't really happen. I'm trying to transition, but it, it would be a dishonest transition. Uh, what I was going to say is that happened to me with Witcher 3, but I finished Witcher 3, and uh, what I never played was the DLC in the Witcher 3. And uh, the DLC is like a level like 30 kind of thing. But you can, I think you can make a new game and jump right into it, but um, a few months ago I decided, well, I might as well play through the main game again pick up the quests that I missed or failed, uh, make some different choices, see what there is to see. Uh, so I'm playing through the game again to get up to the DLC, and the new DLC, the big DLC, comes out um, at the end of the month, I think. And it's the Blood and Wine expansion, and it's going to have like a whole new, very large area, and they said it's going to be more than 20 hours of new uh, gameplay great. stuff. So... I'm really excited for that. Um, it's going to be really cool. And another thing I've been doing this Witcher related is reading the books, uh, the first Ooh. book. Um, so the way the Witcher books okay. go is that you've got two short story compilation kind of things, um, where it's like there's one main. St- I'm I'm a little more than halfway through the first book, and it seems like the way it's structured is you get a chapter that's uh, kind of the main arc of the book. But then interspersed between the chapters, it goes into these flashbacks of little individual stories, um, which okay. The Witcher is perfect for because it's like each one is like one of his adventures where he goes and he gets a contract and he goes and hunts someone. It, it, and that's basically how each quest yeah, is in the this game. Yeah, you can totally see why they made a video game out of these fucking books because it's perfect for a video game because it is like little quests. Um, and they're pretty good. I. I don't love the way the translation is done. Like, there's, I don't know how much of it is the translation and how much of it is it being transferred onto an ebook. And I'm reading it on a Kindle, and there's some weird, weird typos and stuff that are very obviously like ebook errors or something. Um, but 
like there's a couple things that I've noticed that I that have to be a, a quirk with how the translation works, and one of them is that I I'm glad I'm reading it on Kindle because almost like once a page, I have a very very expansive vocabulary, and almost once a page, I'm having to highlight a word and look up the definition or I don't have to, you can usually figure it out by context, but it's like, I've never seen that word before. And I'd like to, to uh, see what the official definition of it is. And there's a ton of shit like uh, referencing weird, obscure, like medieval objects and stuff that aren't around anymore that nobody, that you've just never seen the word before. Um, nice. It's, it's, it's written. Um, it's not a tough read by any means, but it's just, it's, <laughs> I feel like I'm learning stuff. Bible? Uh, No, it's not. It's it's good though. It's uh, so far I'm really liking it. There's one. There's one short story in particular where uh, he goes to a banquet or a dinner of some type where uh, a a new princess is coming of age and and there there's a bunch of guys there trying to be her suitor and. and the banquet is interrupted by a knight saying that he has uh he has the right to be her uh her husband and the king because 15 years ago the king promised he saved the king from some predicament and the king promised to him uh that whatever surprised him when he came back home uh would be his and what surprised him was that his wife was pregnant and so he just he gets possession of the child and it's like some weird custom or something like that um there's a lot of that kind of stuff where like you're kind of trying to figure out like okay well this is some weird custom in this world that um you kind of have to piece together that's one of the things i like about the witchers is the expansive world building of it and um it's a very nice little story it's a very interesting and and kind of tense little uh exchange I, i i like it a lot it's cool um it's very fun I, I'm I'm looking forward to reading them all. They're still coming out, and they're still being translated. Oh, um, oh that reminds me. Are you done with The Witcher? I didn't want to cut The Witcher short. 3? Oh, well, just done with my discussion? Yeah, I don't have anything yeah. else to say. Okay. I started reading Berserk. Oh, yeah. I saw you tweeting about that. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. I had heard that there were good manga out there. I had heard that. Uh, It's manga? Fuck you, you degenerate weeaboo scumbag. Berserk is amazing. Oh my god, it's amazing. Um, it's heavily inspired a lot of the stuff in Dark Souls. That's why I'm reading it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But very, very quickly, um, it just takes on its own spirit. And I don't even think about it that way anymore. Right. Like It is so I- immediately compelling. And it's consistently good I, I i think i'm like a third or a close to a half of the way through it right now it's been ongoing for like 30 years or so mm. and there's really no end in sight still wow um it's well known for its incredibly detailed art every panel takes so much time it's all made by one person he writes and illustrates the entire thing um so it's a some people call it a modern epic and it really is epic in its scale. It really takes its time. Mm. And um, it builds up to some pretty incredible moments. Um, just genuine creativity in every respect. Like, the characterization is so simple and um, motivated. And, uh, <laughs> like, the conflict of the world makes some kind of sense while also being kind of abstract and hard to clearly exp- I don't know. It's I'm stumbling over myself just because I love this so much. Mm. I mean it's it's great. It's a great thing and I'm really glad to be reading it and I just hope I don't exhaust it too quickly. I've never in my life read through a graphic novel or manga or anything like that. Um and I feel like I'm missing out because it appeals to me a lot. I like the idea of illustrations telling a story and all that, but um, I've just never done it. Um, oh yeah, I reread Watchmen too. Is that good? It it, it is amazing. Okay, because the you movie was movie. the movie yeah. was whatever. It was just whatever. The the book is 
next level. Alan Moore is great. He also wrote The Killing Joke, which is um, the best Batman comic. Okay. All right. It's just, I mean, I, I'm not a Batman expert or anything. I've literally only read The Killing Joke, and I've seen The Dark Knight Returns, the movie. So I'm not pretending to be like a Batman comic buff <laughs> yeah. or something. But um, I did read The Killing Joke, and Mark Hamill, who voiced the Joker, after he finished it for those Arkham games, he said he wouldn't do the voice of the Joker again because it, it hurt his throat too much to do. And the only condition he come back for it as if they made an adaptation of the killing joke really so he's a fan which, which they did and so he's doing it oh, okay but it, that is very widely regarded as the best batman comic um because the author is known for being a like a literary innovator in the graphic story medium like he did some pretty weird shit like lost girls i think it was called where it's like this graphic almost child pornography nice um yeah but it, it's with that weird little artistic um angle right uh yeah he's, <laughs> so he's a very like challenging literary figure he also wrote v for vendetta oh okay yeah um the graphic novels are substantially better than those movies mm-hmm. the movies are like good and watchable but the stories themselves are crafted in a precise way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I need to, I need to, there's a lot of places to start, I think, but I, I need to check out some kind of graphic novel or something. Cause I, like I said, it does, it's cool. The idea of, of, of telling a story and, and having those illustrations and everything. I mean, it's kind of like a movie where what I appreciate, it's everything that I appreciate from a movie just in, in, in a book form, because it's, it, you still get that cinematography kind of that's the wrong word for it in this context, but you still get that um that artistic imagery uh along with the story and and that's that's pretty cool that's something you don't you don't get with books you just don't um a lot of people try to act like text novels whatever books are the end all be all of storytelling and that everything else is inferior because everything that can be done in a movie or anything can be done in a book, but that's not true. It just isn't true. You don't get the visual, um, the visual storytelling in, in a I book. I read this, I read this book recently. It was kind of like half a comic, but half like a really academic book. Hmm. Um, it's by a guy named McLeod. I think it's Scott McLeod, but I'm not sure if Scott's his first name, but it's, it's called understanding comics. And he's a comic book illustrator, but who also takes a very academic, research-oriented interest in the subject. Cool. And he put together this very technical account of how a comic book works and the form of it and trying to like provide a taxonomy of the different elements involved in a comic. And um, one of the little things he showed is closure, like the, the space and the time between the panels, that the way it's directed and organized sort of asks you to interpolate between like what's happening and sometimes it'll cut between like you know and it's true for for movies too they'll start zoomed out and then the next panel will be zoomed into an object Mm -hmm. um or maybe you'll start in one place and end up in a different place or maybe you'll start one time and end up far in the future yeah it's a really really fascinating book and it's all like a comic book itself like the guy draws himself and there's speech bubbles and he plays with it huh. in weird ways. Like when he's explaining how panels work, he kind of fucks with the panels on yeah. the page. And cool. It's, yeah, it's well put together. And it's a literary critique that works best as a comic. That's that's really cool. I definitely have to check that out. Um, I don't know if I'd appreciate it to the right level, though, because I, because I haven't read any comics. But Oh, I've only read one other comic. I read the Walking Dead comic. Oh, okay. But... Yeah, I'm not really into comics for the most part either, yeah. and it managed to interest me. All right, um, I don't have much else. Oh, I've I watched today, this afternoon, tonight, Deadpool. I watched oh! it. I saw it. Um, it was fine. It, yeah. it was better than I expected. That's, that's what. But I, I expected too. very, very low, and it was it was above average. Same. I'd say as far as superhero movies go, I I I, I liked it. I liked it more than most Marvel movies that I see. I, 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 it had way more fun factor to me. Like it was just uh, ten out of ten fun factor. Well, it was just yeah. I mean, it was just fun to watch more than a lot of superhero movies, which I feel like you just kind of go oh, okay, and your eyes kind of glaze over a little bit. Um, yeah. But it, 
yeah, it had more fun to it, which is the whole idea, I guess. Uh, the humor was not nearly as cringy as I thought it was. It seems like a lot of the cringiest shit that in that movie they put in the trailers. And even there was some yeah. stuff in the trailers that wasn't in the movie, too, that was like a big turnoff. And um, yeah, I, it, there were all, it, it tried really hard to be R-rated. Uh, which was kind of annoying, but whatever, it worked fine. Uh, it was it was good, whatever. So I, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I saw it back when it came out um, in February, and that was basically exactly what I thought about it, and basically exactly what I thought of the Captain America Civil War, which I just saw. Oh, really? Um, and it's that way too. It's it's made by the directors who made The Winter Soldier and wrote it, mm-hmm. which is my favorite movie in that series. That and the original Iron Man. Um, Winter Soldier just didn't do that much for me. It just it was whatever. I really liked it. I really liked Winter Soldier. Yeah. But um, this time, it's that same stuff that I liked about The Winter Soldier, which was the really tight, in-camera fight choreography, the limited use of CGI. Yeah. Um, and just the creative action sequences and very clear-cut character motivations no big blue laser in the sky the character the conflict was character-based um they both were taking a stand on something and it's very silly and stupid but it it fit and it managed to be fun like all these movies somehow managed to be uh it was kind of crowded though the worst scene in the movie was the scene that they put in every trailer which was the big fight between all the, on the superheroes airport tarmac. on the airport Oh my tarmac. god, that looked so bad to me. I hated and, that. And as a fight, there was some creative stuff in it, but it felt like the worst part of the movie to me. Yeah. It felt like that movie... I didn't like it That movie had watching it. Based on the trailer, that movie had a scale to it that felt like it was more than it needed to be for a Captain America movie. Like it felt like an Avengers movie almost where they just pack it full of characters and, and superheroes yeah. and stuff. That was kind of weird. I wonder if that's kind of the direction they're going where it's like every main Marvel movie. But is I thought, be... I thought they handled that stuff very well in every scene, except that one. Yeah. Like the, when Tony Stark goes and visits Spider-Man, he has a good reason to go there, and it mm-hmm. makes sense, and it doesn't feel too intrusive. It's only when they all start fighting for 20 minutes, yeah. and it's just, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch CGI Spider-Man get grabbed by CGI Ant-Man, and CGI Tony Stark is going to fly around with the CGI rockets. Yeah. I don't know. It's not what I want to watch. I mean, that is but the what... rest of the movie was not that way, which was... It is nice. what everyone kind of liked about Ant Man. I think is that it separated itself from all the epicness and all that shit, um, and had one cameo from one of the Avengers, and not even an Avenger who's had a movie of his own. So it, it felt very fitting um, and 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 suitably not epic, uh, which they don't all need to be epic. Epic FTW, um, but yeah, whatever. Superhero movies, man. Whatever. Yep. Still they can really the take the Avengers. life out of you, seeing and talking about them. The latest <sighs> Avengers is stupid. Yeah, I, I just... You don't have to. No, I wasn't planning on it, really. Um, anything else going on? Uh, not that I can think of. Siege got an update, but I haven't played it yet. They added a map and two operators, and they fixed a bunch of shit that I hated about that game. So I'm interested in playing it and seeing if it's better. Um, but it seems like they actually, they just, they, they honestly, they should have patched it in increments, but it seems like they just held everything for a bigger update and, and fixed a huge amount of glitches and shit that were, that were becoming really, really uh, painful <laughs> because they, they just came up so much. But It's uh, good that they're supporting it still. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, it definitely surprised me the amount of like like they had they had a huge web page that listed every single change that they were making in the update and um and it was very detailed and uh and some of it almost seemed sassy uh like for example the sledge character he's got a sledgehammer that he can use to break through doors and walls he makes a hole that's big enough for you to crawl through um and the sledge you can use the sledgehammer like 15 times before it breaks or whatever plenty of times um, and one of the attachments, the optional attachments that he got, one of the loadout things that he got, uh, you, you can always choose between two things. And he, one of them was a breach charge, 
which you have to place on the wall and do a little thing and it blows up and breaches. But that's pointless if you have a sledgehammer that does literally the same thing. And in the update, they said, oh, we've replaced the breach charge with whatever, a grenade or whatever. Um, because it seemed like the wording of it was like, was like, duh, this is obviously the right thing to do. Someone fucked okay. up. And it, it's, it's almost like it's being written by someone who didn't uh, design the game. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. I, I, that's a lot of um, conjecture, I guess, of like, uh, who knows who actually is working on the patches and updates and shit. But like, it felt like they brought in another team or something almost. Uh, but I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to hopefully it being better, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed, but I'm trying to be carefully optimistic because that game burned me real bad. Um, but yeah, if you're looking... Clickbait update. If, do what update? You can finish that. <laughs> this is dumb, so please finish what you're about to say. If you need to, I just want to mention again, if you if you need a book to read, I do recommend The Witcher. I, I'm not done with it yet, but the first Witcher book is great, and I've heard that all the rest are, are great and even better. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that that shit's good. Like the chapter I just read had a fucking really deep conversation about elves that have been driven out of their homelands by the humans and kind of it was a little bit on the nose, but like it actually like touched on some really 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 tough uh racial tension the and The Witcher's good at doing yeah, that. Yeah, and the books are even better. Um, it, it, of like that that idea of like oh it's all about perspective and it's all about like from from their perspective Many right sides. from their perspective the elves look like the bad guys like they're being complete dicks and and killing innocent people but from the elves perspective it's like well we have to survive the next winter and uh, we're relying on this village to survive because they're stealing like they're stealing uh uh plans or ideas for um, agriculture from the villagers. And while they're Whoa. doing that, the witcher and his friend Dandelion, uh, they they see them in, in action and get captured by the elves. And the elves have to kill them because it's a secret operation and they don't want the village knowing about it or uh, they'll be, they'll, there'll be retaliation or something. Um, so they're like, well, we have to kill you. Sorry. I mean, I know you're innocent. But we have to kill you because we have to survive, and this is how we survive. And uh, and they have a conversation that is, it's just very, it's it's very well done. Um, every every chapter is has such a cool little like they all have their own little theme and um, a lot of interesting dialogue and stuff. I I, I like it a lot. I'm I'm really looking forward to to keep reading those. So yeah, I was just really high on that, and I wanted to mention it again. What were you gonna say? That's really dumb. Putting the pressure on you. On on my Facebook feed, I saw transcendent clickbait. This is the clickbait to end all clickbait. So prepare yourself. I'm ready. I'm going to read the headline. Okay. This Bernie Sanders glow sticks meme was made by someone who wants to kill you. And I clicked it. Who is it? It is a poster that instructs people how to make chlorine bombs. Oh, one of those. Calling them Bernie Sanders glow sticks. (laughs) (laughs) And if you follow the recipe, you create a bomb. Yeah. Like the crystals that you blow a straw into the... Have you seen that that one? And that, yeah, I have. And that was my adventure into clickbait this week. I interrupted your point about enjoying something good that you really liked to try to tell you about Bernie Sanders' glow sticks. And for that, I apologize. But that's the nature of this podcast. That's why everyone loves us so much. We all much. do what we have to survive. That's why we've survive. seen so much success. Uh, Ten whole <laughs> viewers live right now. Live coming at you. Well... Is that it? That's it for me. I think. That's it. I'm trying to think of Ladies anything else. Well, there's Game of Thrones, but there's nothing to say about Game of Thrones, really. And Oh, okay, wait. Did they just deviate from the books now? Is that what's going on? Mm, I don't know. I haven't read the books. Because they're caught up, aren't they? Well, yeah, but they kind of know... George R. R. Martin's like working with them and kind of 
telling them like, oh, here's here's the direction to go in and everything. So I think they're kind of going alongside it kind of. But they've always deviated and sometimes significantly from the books from what I've heard. Um, but I don't know. I, I've become a little disillusioned because uh, there's so much shit that I don't care about that's happening in the show of like, I just don't care about this and I want to move past it. Uh, and that's kind of how it's always been. But for some reason, this season in particular is hitting me real hard with just like the, I, okay, I don't give a shit. Um, stuff that like is very obviously stalling for time where it's like, okay, this doesn't lead anywhere. This can't lead anywhere. This is just some side side story. Um, and that's kind of annoying. Uh, I feel like there's something else. But I can't think of it. Something else. Oh, well. Must not be important. You'll take that secret to your grave, and we'll get to you on the Cryptcast next week on Push to Shout. Thanks for listening.